The author, Kathleen Norris, tells a story about a man who got a Bible from his grandfather as a, as a present. It was one of these big, nice, leather-bound Bibles, you know, the kind you have installed in your living room. And he put it on his coffee table because it just looked so nice there. But he never opened it. And every time he'd see his grandfather, his grandfather asked him, how'd you like that Bible I gave you? And the man would say, oh, great. And the grandfather would say, really, really, did you? Oh, great. Well, finally, this guy opened up the Bible. And he found that his grandfather had placed a $20 bill at the beginning of each chapter. $1,300 in all. And I think that's a little bit how a lot of us approach the Bible. We, we may feel it's very important. We have this sense that there's something valuable inside of it. But we have a hard time opening it. And an even harder time reading it. And a really hard time getting anything out of it. And, and there are some good reasons for that. The Bible not only seems boring, but parts of it are boring. The last chapters of the books of, book of Exodus describes how to build the tabernacle in excruciating detail right down to how many loops to put in the curtains. I mean, there are passages that are so dull, even Moses must have nodded off over them. Much of the Bible feels foreign to us, all those weird names and places and customs. Then there's just a whole lot we don't know what to do with, like the 137th Psalm, which begins so beautifully. By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept. It's lovely, really. But then it ends by saying, happy are they who dash your little ones against the rocks. Apply that to your life, will you? And then when you really do want to know something, sometimes the Bible doesn't tell you. I have a single friend who says, you know, the Bible will tell you how to build an ark out of gopher wood and how to bring down a small city with nothing but trumpets and jars, but not one word on how to ask a woman out on a date. What good is it? And yet, in spite of all of that, for me, the Bible is the most compelling, most refreshing thing I've ever read, and I have read a lot of things. The Bible says about itself that it is God-breathed, which means that this is what God wants to say to us. And it's also, in some ways, what we need to say to God. This summer, we're looking at the Psalms, and we're looking at them as as a way of understanding how we can pray, sort of using the Psalms to teach us how to pray. And what Psalm 1 and Psalm 119 tell us is that the Bible itself is a great tool for helping us pray. That's why Psalm 1 says that we should meditate on Scripture as a means of drawing us closer to God, really as a way of praying. Now, that may sound a little strange to you that you can use the Bible to pray, that reading Scripture is a way of praying. But think about it for a minute. What are the reasons we pray? We pray so that we can be changed by God. We pray to get a sense of comfort and encouragement. We pray so that we can say things that we need to say to God. And we pray so that we can hear God say something to us. And the Bible can help us pray in all four of those ways. Let me just take them one at a time. We pray in order to be changed by God. Right? One of the big goals of prayer is that we are transformed by it. That we leave different people. Reading the Bible can change us. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the person whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And the Hebrew word for law really refers to the whole of Scripture. Blessed is this person who meditates on it night and day. For he is like a tree planted by streams of water 
which yield fruit in season. When we meditate on the Bible, when we really listen to it, when we really think about it, when we actually pray through it, we're changed. We begin to bear fruit. Things like becoming a more joyful person, loving people even who are difficult to love, having peace in stressful times. In other words, we become more like Jesus. Now, this doesn't happen from just reading the Bible once or twice, right? It happens as we read it regularly over time. The psalmist says it's like a tree planted by water which yields fruit in season. In other words, over time. If you think about it, a a tree, you know, a tree doesn't just sort of take one drink of water and then that's it for the year, right? The tree bears fruit by being connected to the water daily. The Bible makes us bear fruit if we take in a little bit of it each day, not, not just one big drink a couple of times a year. A lot of times, I think a lot of us, myself included, will read the Bible and it doesn't always do anything for us. You know, our mind wanders. We don't get anything out of it. And then we don't come back to it for months, maybe years. That would be like taking a drink of water once every three months. You wouldn't survive. We grow physically by drinking water daily. We grow spiritually by taking a little bit of Scripture in on a regular basis. Even if each time we do it, it doesn't give us some kind of an emotional thrill. You know, it's like drinking water. Occasionally, when I'm really hot and thirsty, a cold glass of water is a pretty exciting experience. But normally, it's just kind of pretty routine to drink the water. But if I didn't do it, I'd die. It's the same with the Bible. Occasionally, reading Scripture generates some intense emotions, but the real mark of whether Scripture is working in our lives is over the long haul as we become like Jesus. If one of the goals of prayer is to change us, to be more like Jesus, reading the Bible can help us do that. It helps us pray in that way. Another way Scripture helps us to pray is that it gives us joy. Surely one of the reasons we come to prayer is to receive some sense of comfort from God, particularly in hard times. But you know what? I don't know about you, but sometimes I am too tired to pray. Sometimes I am too depressed to know what to say. But if I turn to Scripture, I can often get a sense of joy and encouragement. Psalm 119 says that Scripture gives joy to the heart. It is the delight of the heart. So when I feel stressed out, I think of Jesus saying, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I feel better. When I feel that I've messed up so badly that not even God can love me, I I think of Romans 8 where it says, because of Jesus, there is now nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And I feel revived. Scripture can give us joy. A friend of mine says that he always quotes Psalm 139 to his girlfriend. He's always telling her, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. It gives her joy. He says it's a great wooing technique to use the Bible, right? But we're talking about the Bible as prayer, so... Leave the wooing for later. The Sunday after 9-11 in the church that I was at, that Sunday, instead of preaching a sermon, mostly all we did was read passages out of the Psalms. Things like, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, He restores my soul. Or, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And it was amazing to me how the simple reading of those words was way more comforting than any sermon ever could have been. If one of the goals of prayer is that we are restored, revived, receive joy, well, then Scripture is really a way to pray. 
because it does that for us. A third way that Scripture helps us to pray is that it helps us know who we are and what we should say to God. You know, a lot of times I don't really know what I'm supposed to pray about. I don't know if you ever have that problem, but I sit down and go, well, what am I supposed to pray about? And, you know, sort of, well, Lord, thank you for this and help me with that. And I don't really know what to say. And sometimes I don't even have the words to say. Scripture helps me. Because the Bible shows me who I am and what my life is like. And that shows me what I should be praying about. And sometimes it can even give me the exact words to pray. You know, one of the things I love about the Bible is how realistic it is. It is a realistic book about real people like me, with real problems like mine, with real sins like the sins I sin. I mean, it is a very... I can find myself in this book. Think of the Israelites whining constantly in the wilderness. We want water. We want food. We want meat. We had meat in Egypt. We were slaves, but we had meat. We should go back. You know, and finally God gets so tired of the whining. At one point he says, I'll give you meat. Not just for one day, not just for two, but for a whole month I'll give you meat. Until it comes out your noses, I'm going to give you meat. That's what God says. It's in the Bible. That's very realistic. That's what people do. They whine. They complain. That's what I do. I can find myself in that story. Or there's the passage where the disciples say to Jesus, I love this, they come up to him and they say, Jesus, we want you to do for us whatever we tell you to do. I do that. I say that to God. I can find myself in that passage. Then there's the passage where David is so excited about God that he takes off all his clothes and starts dancing in the streets. And his wife sees him and says, stop it, you're embarrassing me. Is that realistic or what? (laughs) That's why I don't think this book was made up. It is too realistic. It is a realistic book about my problems, my sins, my troubles, and I can find myself in this book over and over again. And that helps me know who I am, what my life is like, and what I should be praying about. When I'm complaining, I can see myself in the Israelites, and I know what I need to say to God. Thank you for everything you've given me. When I am joyful like David, I know what I need to say and do. You know, hallelujah, Lord. I need to, I need to praise him. And sometimes Scripture can even give me the exact words I need. And the Psalms is the perfect book for that. Because the Psalms, they're all prayers. You know, sometimes when I feel like God has abandoned me, I don't even have the words to pray. But it's in those moments that I can pray the words of Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The psalmist has been through what I've gone through, and I can just read his psalm as if it were my prayer. Or when I've done something wrong and feel guilty, I can just recite the words of Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew within me a right spirit. Because the psalmist has gone through the same thing I'm going through, I can just use his words. When you're near despair and don't know what to pray, recite Psalm 42 as if it were your own. When you feel attacked or persecuted, try Psalm 17. When you're desperate for help, recite Psalm 5. When you're grateful, Psalm 18. When you're joyful, Psalm 98 or 150. The Bible shows us who we are and what life is like, and that helps us know what to pray. And when we can't find the right words the Bible can give us the exact words to say to God. And that's how it helps us with prayer. And finally, the last way the Bible helps us with prayer is it helps us understand who God is and what he wants to say to us. Again, surely the goal of prayer is to hear something from God. The Bible is the best way to do that. This is God's biography, or more accurately, God's autobiography. 
And if we want to know him, we need to read this book. This is his personal word to you and to me. And when we read it, we hear what he wants to say. You know, when Christina and I were dating, she used to write me letters all the time. And I used to just love to get those letters. When I'd get one, I'd just tear them open and just devour it. And I'd read them over and over again because I just, I loved hearing her tell me how smart I was and how handsome I was. I mean, she was really nuts about me, really. And I just loved reading those letters. It's kind of the same with the Bible. This is a love letter to you. So when the psalmist says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, that's God saying that to you. When you read John 3.16, just put your own name in that verse. For God so loved Scott that he gave his only begotten son that Scott should not perish but have eternal life. You know, a lot of times I hear people say, I wish God would talk to me. He has 66 books worth, almost 1 million words, 31,000 verses covering 2,000 years of God's revelation to his people. He has spoken a lot. The psalmist says his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. This is God speaking to us, telling us all kinds of things, telling you what things to do to have an abundant life, what things not to do to avoid making your life a mess, how much he loves you. Even something as tedious as all those laws in the book of Leviticus, that's God describing to you how pure and holy he is. Those long lists of genealogies, that's God saying to you that he values each person individually by name, including you. If one of the goals of prayer is to hear the voice of God, reading scripture is the best way we can do that because he's speaking to us there. So read it. Pray it. Use it as a means of prayer to hear what God has to say to you, to know what to say to God, to find comfort and joy and to be changed. And I know, I know it can be hard to read it. I understand that. But find ways to make it easier. Read a small portion at a time, five minutes or so. Read the highlights. Don't be starting in Deuteronomy. Wait till you go to seminary to do that. Read it with a friend and discuss it. Read a study Bible with good notes that can help you understand. Read an easy translation like the NIV or a paraphrase like the message. And as you read, just ask two Simple questions. What does this passage tell me about me? What does this passage tell me about God? Find ways to make it come to life. I have a friend who was having a lot of conflict with another friend of his. And they were both in the the same volunteer organization and struggling over leadership in that group. And they were also both single and competing for the same women. And it was just wrecking their friendship. And my friend kept praying about it over and over and over and didn't seem to be getting an answer. Well, one day he was reading the book of Genesis and he found a story about Abraham and his nephew Lot. And Abraham and Lot had too much livestock and they were competing for the same land. So Abraham said to Lot, you choose the land you want and I'll take what's left. So, of course, Lot took the best land for himself, leaving Abraham with the leftovers But God blessed Abraham all the same, in fact, more than Lot. Well, when my friend read that story, he realized what he needed to do. He said to me, you know, I realize there's a lot of land out there. And God can bless both me and this other guy. And we don't need to compete. And and I just need to find my own thing to invest in rather than competing with him for his. Scripture was his prayer. Scripture helped him pray. Scripture did all the things prayer is supposed to do. It was a light unto his path and a lamp unto his feet. And it changed him when he read it. It gave him comfort in a hard time. 
It, he found himself in it, and he knew what he needed to say to God, and he heard from God what God wanted to say to him. And the Bible wasn't just a, a book. It was God speaking directly to him and him speaking directly to God. As part of your prayer life, read Scripture. Pray through it. This is a love letter from our wise father telling us what he wants to say to us, helping us know what to say to him, bringing comfort and changing us. But mostly, it points to Jesus. It all points to Jesus, who is the one who can truly transform us, the one who can give us joy, and the one who carries all of our prayers to God the Father. We need to be like the Roman centurion, who says to Jesus, Lord, I believe, and only speak your word, and I shall be healed. God has spoken his word to us in the Bible. And when we read it, meditate on it, pray it, we are healed. Lord, thank you for this great gift of Scripture that points to you. And Jesus, we ask that you would please, when we read the Bible, help us to understand it, help us to find you in it, and be changed by it. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.